What's up, everybody? It's Scotty Beam, and this is the last episode of Flipping the Game, a show from Reebok Classic about one sneaker that changed the world and how the world still needs to change. By now, you know that women in the sneaker world do not always have it easy. In the first two episodes of the show, we talked about the challenges female sneakerheads are up against. If you haven't listened to those, go back and check them out. But in this episode, we're going to get into solutions with women who actually work in the sneaker and streetwear industry. My team brought together three women that I respect from different corners of the sneaker world. These are the women who are changing the sneaker world from the inside out. They're fighting to include a diverse range of women in the culture in a way that can actually empower us. So, let's start with our first guest, Sophia Chang. My name's Sophia Chang. I'm an illustrator and designer. I've been working in the creative industry for about 10 years, from web design, print, apparel, streetwear. I'm born and raised in Queens, New York. I rep New York super hard. Sophia designed some of the dopest sneakers and streetwear apparel I've ever seen. For real. Our next guest is Emily Oberg. My name's Emily Oberg. Uh, I'm from Canada. I'm based in L.A. now. I worked in media for three years and then in fashion, and now I'm doing a little bit of both. You may recognize Emily from social media. She's worked on Air for Complex, then as the creative lead for women's wear at the retailer Kith, and now she's the head of her own magazine, Sporty and Rich. And you may remember Jazeray Allen Lord from our last episode. Hey, I'm Jazeray Allen Lord, aka Nerdlight Jazzy. Worked in the sneaker footwear industry for the past decade or so on the media, design, and advertising side. Sneaker companies basically hire Jazeray when they want to understand what women or young people of color want. Now she works at an agency called Crush and Lovely. So we brought all these women together and asked them what they wanted to see change in the sneaker industry. And they all said the same thing the shoes themselves. Jazzari kicked it off talking about the offerings out there for women, because let me tell you, looking at a bedazzled version of my favorite classic shoe hurts my soul so much. It really upsets me to take, like, a very classic, cool silhouette and just make it pink and make it, like, satin or put rhinestones on it and then, like, give it to us. Like, that's equally as hype as... Like, the version we've all clearly been loving for 25 years. Right. We shouldn't get, like, some crazy off type B version. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, you know. Right. Emily, you worked at Kith. Mm-hmm. What kind of shoes did you see sell, like, crazy for women? Like, do pink and purple sneakers fly off the shelves? Um, Just seeing what sells. Like, pink is the best seller, and pink does really well because that's what a lot of women like. But yeah, I think that a lot of brands are just, it's either just men being like, oh yeah, just like throw some glitter metallic and that's what girls want. Um, And I don't think that's very fair, but yeah, I don't know. It just feels like more and more recently, there are a lot of, of the good models in smaller sizes. I think after years and years of people complaining Um, I am seeing a lot of the um, retro and classic models come in small sizes. So I think they're finally up to speed. Yeah, I um, 
I hate pink and purple. Same. And there are some deep pinks that I'll ride with, okay? But not all the pinks. But let's talk about the streetwear clothes. It just doesn't work for me. You know, women wear the same thing as men, but maybe a different cut. A lot of these clothes just aren't cut for a woman's body shape, especially mine. Sophia, why do you think that's happening? I'll tell you why. Because a lot of times within the space of streetwear, like a lot of times men's brands, they might break into the women's space and they end up having that same male designer design the women's clothes. That's why we wear certain sweatpants and certain tights and we're like, why is this cinching in the areas that it shouldn't be? I mean, yes. real talk, though, like we or know, like, why we is know. the waistband like 18 inches? <laughs> right. Right. And why is this? It's off in a lot of areas. It's obvious. It reflects on the brand. But if we are actually able to be able to peek behind the curtain to see who's actually in charge, we get why. Yeah. But like, let's be real for a second. The design teams that are making shoes for women are mostly men. We need more women designers, period. They need to be in those design teams, in the room, making decisions about products for us. I think some people would say, oh, but there are women in streetwear. Just look at the ad campaigns with all these women in them. That's not the same at all. Not even close. Right, Jazare? Yeah, and that, like, one actionable step I I think that we could take is, like, providing more active role models in different roles and positions at the brand agencies, like not just being the model or the influencer or showing young women coming up behind us these vast opportunities in the workforce that they can participate in to actually make change. Like the seat that I sit in today is that table. It took me 12 years to get here and I started writing articles for $5 each about sneakers, you know? And, like, it's that being in it that long and, like, being connected to the community that long and putting my money where my mouth was and finding women to, like, follow and and finding other women to mentor me and finding men to mentor me and working, constantly elevating, Mm -hmm. right? So, like, find two girls that can kick along with you every day, that can, like, learn from you, and they're 16 to 18, and, like, guide them through the space. Like, I have 10 young women behind me that work with me on, like, just BS jobs because they want to know what it's like to work in the space. Right. Basically, lift as you climb. Exactly. Yeah. No one gets left behind. Right. And I think, I feel like so many young girls these days, you just want to look cute. The more we can educate, the more we can be those role models. And people aren't getting a seat at the table for their talent and their identity rather than, you know, a more vain, superficial version of that. So your social media following, what is your reach? And it's literally a picture, a name, the number of followers that they have uh, and and their title. And sometimes they'll literally just say socialite or influencer. If you're if you're a tastemaker, tastemaker, <laughs> trendsetter thought leader consultant Um, vegan or you know it's just like random stuff like this in your if your instagram if your instagram profile says influencer or your diet it's just a little too much unless your whole page is about it right but i mean that the whole influencer thing's like we can dive into it too i don't know because today's world is so saturated like when i started like i followed sophia and the melodies and the vashti's heavy like those these girls were like my spirit animal 
you know, I was just trying to figure out, like, how are these girls, like, moving in the space? What are they doing? Like, elevating and just, it was the same as, like, shopping for size six shoes back then, where it was, like, a hunt. Like, I would, like, hunt girls down, you know, and, like, look at people's websites and find out who produced what event and who was the designer on this. And it was, like, if you were a collector, that's what you did. But today's world, everybody's a sneakerhead. The brands are constantly, like, choosing this girl and, like, putting that girl in sneakers instead of finding the girl who's actually doing that thing that they want to be. Honestly, if they gave five kids in Brooklyn and Harlem and Uptown a sneaker and, like, those kids can design. They are very talented, but they don't have financial resources. They don't have degrees, and they're not respected enough to be sitting at the table to make those changes. Absolutely. Okay. So, Emily, you're big on social media, but you also know the sneaker industry. How can the streetwear world reach more women? Yeah, I mean, I think definitely hiring women helps especially if you're creating things for women. And I guess just looking to see what more women think and they don't even have to be influencers or have a following. When people ask how to become an influencer, I tell them to aim higher because that's really not a job. And if that's your profession, then sorry, but it's not a real one. And I think the whole influencer thing will die out in five years. I don't think it will exist anymore. Um, So I think brands, you know, they pay a lot of attention to these influencers and ask them what they think. But it's like, just grab some like normal girls off the street and just ask them because that's really who you're catering to. That's really what your market is. So I think there's too much emphasis on like how many followers you have. I think it's more about just looking to like regular people who have regular jobs and aren't in this industry and just hearing what they think and what they truly want themselves. Okay, so Emily, you're saying a solution is to listen to women like the women who actually buy the sneakers, not just the super famous influencers. And Jazare, you're saying we need to mentor women as they come up. So, Sophia, I want to hear from you. What do you think we should be doing? It's putting your money where your mouth is. So in the idea of supporting other women, supporting the fact that if we want to see more female sneakers out, just, you know, go to the store and just spend that's that's your biggest power as a consumer yes. is your dollar. Yes. We have to be as women, as a diverse group of women, like respect each other's differences. Then coming together and doing something productive, like putting your money where your mouth is and like doing something for your community, whether that's like your design community or your women's community or your person of color community, like whatever that is, taking your action, your intention, and your coin and putting it somewhere that matters. And that's why also it's important to put money into shoes like the Reebok Freestyle. You know what I'm saying? That was one of the first to cater to women. I've always loved the Freestyle. Like, I think it's like celebrating these silhouettes, right? And like what they mean and what like how important these moments are for the culture Mm -hmm. it helps you to be able to come together like you know saying that women are speaking up now like I feel like we've been speaking up for a very long time but nobody was listening and nobody was coming together and that's the difference now is women are like taking action Mm -hmm. as opposed to just like speaking up Mm -hmm. do you mean speaking up and taking action like in this moment of me too exactly they didn't care before the time was up 
<laughs> now, now time's up and everybody's <laughs> like, oh shit, <laughs> we have to make a move. We gotta make we have to make sure that everybody knows that we like women, that we're not against them. Mm-hmm. Like they don't wanna be a victim of an Oscar moment. Yeah. Yeah. Emily, what do you make of this? Do you think what's going on with Me Too and what's happening in the larger culture is impacting streetwear or sneakers? Are they connected? I think that more than ever, because women are speaking out and are taking advantage of the voice that they have, people are actually listening, um, which is nice. And I think because we are at such a time where, you know, we're kind of desperate, people are hearing them out. And I think that... I think it's good. I think that when women have been speaking out lately, it's not taken lightly and it's actually become like a bigger, like a huge deal than it would have been in the past um, because of what is going on. And I think that even in in the streetwear world, um, men are listening because maybe they're afraid of seeming sexist. Um, maybe they want to actually try to not be sexist anymore. But I think that they are listening more and more and that as they see the world changing, they're also trying to change themselves. And that's the hopeful thing, that people realize something needs to change, that we're creating a new era and the old way of doing things is not going to fly anymore. The sneaker game is finally waking up to realize that women aren't just one type of person. Some of us are into a pink glittery slide and some of us want the same dope releases that men get with available sizes for us. We just don't want to be an afterthought. Things aren't perfect right now, but from hosting Flipping the Game, I've learned we're making progress. And here are some necessary tools to make sure the future stays female. One, we can lift as we climb. We can use whatever power we've earned to lift each other up and bring more women behind us as we get into rooms where women haven't been before. Two, we can vote with our wallets. When a company really puts women first, we can make sure they know they got it right. And three, we can also listen to each other. As women, we can support our sisters by really hearing what they've experienced and using that to inform how we take action. Because when we are together, we are powerful. And that's how you change not only the sneaker game, but the world. Flipping the Game is a podcast created by Reebok Classic and Gimlet Creative. To continue the conversation, follow Reebok Classic on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This episode was produced by Julia Botero, Jorge Estrada, Abby Ruzica, and me, Scotty Beam. Editing by Rachel Ward and Devin Taylor. Katherine Anderson and Zach Smick mixed this episode. Music by Track Girl and Haley Shaw. You can find more info on the show at flippingthegamepodcast.com. I'm Scotty Beam. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Scotty Beam. All one word. Thank you for listening.